Welcome to the Frontline Podcast for Christian Men, a place where men can find encouragement and strength to remain standing when the battles of life are closing in all around. A place where men will hear honest truth that will equip them and arm them to keep fighting in faith against the enemy's daily opposition. Gentlemen, you and I have been enlisted by God in the spiritual war as good soldiers of Jesus Christ, and the enemy wants to steal your joy and rob you of your peace. He wants to divide and destroy your marriages and your families. He wants to distract you from fulfilling the plans and purposes of God. And with his accusations and lies, he will tempt you to give in to fear, doubt, shame, and condemnation. But today, gentlemen, we refuse to allow him to take the win. And today we will stand in the victory that the Lord has won for us. Gentlemen, my brothers in Christ, welcome to the front line. Attack the objective! How many of you know crime comes in different ways? Amen? There's so many different types of cries. And uh, I, David said, or, or the psalmist said in uh, Psalm 84, um, verse 2, says, My soul longs, yes, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. And then he says, My heart and my flesh cry out to the living God. So, so there's a heart cry that cries out to the living God. Amen? There's, there's a cry that comes only from your heart. It's not heard upon your lips. It's not even seen upon your emotions. It's a cry from your inner man out to the living God. And then there's a cry that comes further from your heart and, and, it, and it becomes manifested upon your flesh where you start to weep tears. Amen? You start to cry, you start to shake, you start to tremble. You, you maybe fall on the ground and, 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 you, and you tense up. How many of you know what I mean? This type of cry. And your heart and your flesh are crying out for the living God. So we're going to look at this today. It's a very real thing. We've all experienced this cry from our heart, from our flesh, out to the, to the living God, as the Scripture talks about. Last night, you can turn to, to Luke... Um, We'll start in Luke 23. And um, last night we went to my brother and my sister-in-law's house. And they have a, a little baby girl. She's about 15 months old. My little beautiful niece. I, I love being an uncle. She's, you know, I can, when she gets cranky, I just hand her back. I don't got to deal with her, man. Just, and I've never had that experience. I've had two kids of my own. I got I to gotta be the one to discipline, right? But, you know, or to deal with her crying or whatever. But I just give her back. Last night we were there and I'm sitting on this lazy boy chair and it kind of rocks back and forth. Next thing you know, I see little Hannah come peek her head up here and she's just starting to walk and she looks up at me and smiles and I look at her and I smile and then I forget that she's there because I'm watching the Leaf game. <laughs> Edith, right? I'm watching the Leaf game. I'm a little distracted. So I forget she's there and I'm rocking back and forth, getting excited for the Leafs. They won, by the way. And uh, next thing you know, next thing you know, we hear this cry come from behind the lazy boy. And we hear this little girl crying. It, it starts off, and we're like, what's that noise? And it gets louder and louder. And her flesh is crying out for mama. She's like, mommy. And she's crying out because she's hurt because I squished her head against the wall because I wasn't paying attention. It's my fault. At the end, before I left, she gave me a kiss, and she said, it's okay, Uncle Matt. But I made it right. But, but I, I share that with you because when you cry, 
it gets somebody's attention. Immediately, we all, Uncle Matt, Aunt Cindy, and Aunt Naomi, mommy, they, they heard the cry, and right away, Aunt Cindy went and picked Naomi up, and she gave her to her mother. And, but, but when you cry out to God, He hears you. He is listening. And you get His attention. Whether it's a silent cry from your heart, or, or, or an, an open cry from your flesh, God, His attention is towards you when you cry out to Him. Amen? So we're going to look at this. Everyone say, five men. With a cry. We're going to look at this today. Luke 23, starting at verse 32. The scripture says in Acts 4.12 that we're, our, our first cry, I'm getting ahead of myself. The first cry we want to look at is, is the most important cry that a human being could ever make out to God. And this first cry is a cry for salvation. A cry to be saved. A cry as if you are in the middle of an ocean and you've fallen from your vessel and you're all alone. There's nothing around you but waves crashing and wind blowing and rain beating down and you're bobbing up and down, gasping for breath, gasping for air. You know you're probably going to die. You can't see anyone around you. It's dark. It's scary. And you are drowning. It's that kind of cry that we're talking about where you cry out, I need to be saved. That's the exact same scenario that every human being on planet earth is in. It is like they are in an ocean and they are surrounded by sin. They are surrounded by pride. They're surrounded by lust of their flesh. They're surrounded by hatred and war and all these things. And we are drowning in this ocean. And our only hope, our only chance of survival is to simply cry out to God for salvation. Amen? It's that kind of cry. That is the most important cry that you or any human being that has ever lived could ever make is a cry out to the living God to be saved. To be saved from their sin and the sin of this world that surrounds us. And we look in Luke 23 verse 32. We find the story that Jesus is about to die on the cross. Verse 32 reads, There were also two other criminals led with Jesus to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there, there they were crucified with him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left of Jesus. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. And the people stood looking on, but even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ, the chosen one of God. The soldiers also mocked him, uh, uh, coming and offering him sour wine and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed Jesus, saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other thief, the other criminal answering, rebuked the first, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing that you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly for what we receive, the due reward for our deeds. But this man, speaking of Jesus, has done nothing wrong. And then he looked and said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Amen? The one thief mocked Jesus. He, he made fun of Jesus. He ridiculed him. But the other thief 
in this moment realized that this Jesus was the Christ after a whole life of of robbery and living a whole life of sin, in this moment, this thief, his eyes were opened. His spiritual eyes were opened. This is not just a man. This is not just another criminal. This is God in the flesh hanging here for me. This is Jesus. We deserve, me and this other criminal, we deserve to be on this cross. You and I deserve to be on that cross. But this Jesus, he realized now, took my place and his eyes were open. And he says, don't you fear God. He says, don't you understand? He had this revelation that this Jesus was dying for him. And he said, Jesus, he looked at him. He says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me. And in those simple words, remember me, he was repenting of his whole life of sin. And Jesus looked at him and he heard the cry from his heart. He heard this thief's cry in the final minutes of his life. It's never too late, amen? He heard the cry as this man is on his deathbed about to die into eternal damnation apart from God because of his sin. But he heard the cry and he said, remember me, Lord. And Jesus says, you will be with me in heaven today. In other words, when you die in a few moments time, you will, you are saved. I heard the cry from your heart, and here is my salvation. Amen? Amen. He heard the man's cry. After a life of sin, he's forgiven. He is saved. He he receives salvation. I want you to, to turn with me to Romans chapter 10, verse 9. It says this. Romans 10, verse 9. That if you, speaking of us, if you, if me, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame, for there's no distinction between Jew or Greek. In other words, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your culture. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your history, your past. It doesn't matter. Whoever believes on the Lord Jesus, you won't be put to shame. You will be saved if you call on him. Amen? Verse 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever cries out to the living God with a sincere heart, God will hear you and God will save you and he will forgive you. Amen? Turn with me to Luke chapter 18. We're talking about the cry of salvation, the cry to be saved. Luke 18, verse 9. Jesus is preaching, and it says in verse 9 that he also spoke this parable, this story, to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Jesus was preaching, and and, and there was a crowd around Jesus listening to him. And the Bible says that Jesus was preaching, and there were a number of people in the crowd that believed they were righteous enough in their own strength. They were trusting in their own abilities to be saved. 
They, they thought they were good enough. They thought because they, they went to church every week and they read their Bible every day, they thought those things would save them. And this is something that many people are deceived by. It's not the case. It's not true. We are not saved by our works, lest any one of us should boast. We are saved by the gift of God, by the grace of God, through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Jesus saves Jesus alone, faith, what he did on the cross, saves. And so Jesus is preaching to people who are trusting in themselves, trusting in their own ability, their own good works, their own righteousness, and they despise others. And he goes on to say, two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, which means a, a very religious man, a religious leader. He, he, he was very good in works. He, was, he, he knew all the scriptures. He, he was very religious. He looked the part. He prayed the way that you should pray. Uh, Amen. Are you with me? This is the Pharisee. And then another, another Another, a despised tax collector is beside him and they're both going up to pray. One man has it all together. He's got the suit and tie on, the Bible in hand. The other man with him, he's wearing normal clothes. Maybe he's got a hat on backwards and, he, and he's a thug and, he, and he's a tax collector and, and, and he's ripped people off. He's robbed people from their money, but they're both going to pray. They can both do that, amen? God hears from the thugs just as much as he does from the preppies, amen? What? Anyway, sorry, that's for the younger guys there. The Pharisee stands up and prays thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men. I am set apart. I am wonderful. I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners or, or robbers or crooks. I'm not unjust. I, I, I'm not an adulterer or even as this tax collector here beside me. He says, Lord, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of everything I possess. Every paycheck, the first thing that comes off is my tithe. And I fast twice a week, he says. And he's telling this to the Lord. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me. I'm a sinner. I don't have it all together. I'm a wicked man. Look what I did last night. Look what I did last week. Look at my thoughts. What's wrong with me? I'm a sinful man. I'm flesh. I'm weak. God, I need you. Be merciful to me, a sinner. And the other man standing there, I got it all together. Now you would think naturally, and the majority of people would think, I'm sure the many of the people listening to this story from Jesus thought, well, that guy's got it all together. He's fasting. He's praying. He, he's, he's reading the scripture. He look, I mean, look how he looks. He's wonderful. He's got it all together. But Jesus goes on. He says, I tell you, this man, speaking of the one who cried out, be merciful to me, went down back to his house, justified. In other words, in right standing with God, made righteous with God. This man, not the other man, not the man standing up at the very front of the church, but the man standing back on his knees, knowing he's a sinful man. He's the one that went home justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The cry of salvation. It is not about having it all together. Don't feel like you need to come to some place where you, can, you, you finally arrived and now I can pray to God. God wants you just where you're at. 
He wants you just with what you're struggling with. It doesn't matter what it is. No matter how you're feeling, cry out, God, as this man did, be merciful to me. And you will be considered righteous because of what Jesus did. The cry of salvation, the most important cry that you and I could ever make. Amen? The second cry and the second man is a cry for strength. Turn with me to Judges 16, please. We're going to look at a, a story of a man named Samson. And uh, Judges 16, Samson was born, and he was born, the Bible says, blessed by God. It says in chapter 13, verse 23, Samson was blessed by God. That, that's a good thing, I'm sure. That's got to be good. Like, that's much better than just saying the doctor wrapped him in towel and spanked his bum and gave him the mummy. Like, he was blessed by God when he was born. Amen? The Bible says in chapter 13, verse 24, and the Spirit of God began to move upon him. So we're looking at a man. He, he's a Christian man. He's blessed by God. He's set apart by God. And then in his life, as he became a Christian, and as he, re, as he understood the call of God and the plan of God for his life to be set apart, to be a judge, the Bible then says, as he's growing, the Spirit of God came upon him and began to move upon him. Things are going really well for Samson, amen? We all have those times where we're feeling good and we're getting revelation from the Lord and, 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 we, and we feel ourselves growing in our faith in God and we feel His Spirit upon us and we feel strong and mighty in the Lord. And how many of you love when that is the way you feel? I, I do. I love those seasons when God is just meeting with me and, and it's wonderful. And Samson is a man of God. Samson starts strong. But then eventually in, in Judges chapter 14, his marriage comes to an end. And then in Judges chapter 16, uh, as Samson continues to slide downwards away from the will of God, he finds a prostitute and he sleeps with this prostitute. How many of y'all know that's not a good thing to do? If you didn't know, that's not a good thing to do. His marriage is over. He's sleeping with prostitutes. This is not a good situation for Samson. And then he, after, after this, then he meets a woman named Delilah. And the Bible says that he falls in love with this woman, Delilah. And the word, the name Delilah means temptress or seducer. Delilah lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off. As Samson tells her, shave off my head. Uh, shave off the seven locks of my head. And then she began to torment him and his strength left him. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. She, uh, so he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before, at just like other times, and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. You see, he started off strong, but then he started giving in to the things of the world, little by little. This little bit won't hurt, but then the next thing, a little bit more won't hurt. <clears throat> And it came to the place where he, he, he made a mistake. And he told Delilah the secret. And the Bible says, I'm just going to continue going as I was before. 
it's okay. I'm going to be as strong as I was before. And when he tried to be as strong as he was before, it never worked for him. Because he came too far. And the Bible says he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. You see, when we sin, let me ask you, when we sin and fail, because we all do, does God leave us? Yes or no? No, no. But if we continue to persist knowing and knowing sin, knowing that this is not good for me and I'm going further away, God will say, fine, go ahead. And you're going to reap what you sow. Amen? The Bible says Samson didn't know that the Lord departed from him. He thought things would be as they were, but they weren't. The Bible says in verse 22 or 21, the Philistines then took him because he's weak. They put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him up with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in the prison. You see, now he's bound. He went too far. God said, fine. You want to walk this way? I'm going to let you walk this way. And he became bound to the enemy. Amen? And so now we read here in verse 22. This is, a, this is a verse of hope. I love it. However. Isn't that a powerful word? You're like, no. However. Samson is in bondage. He's grinding at the wheel. His eyes are plucked out. He's not in good shape. God has left him. God's strength has departed from him. It's not good for Samson. However, <clears throat> the hair on his head began to grow again. There's always hope. There's always mercy. There's always grace. Amen? And his hair began to grow again after it had been shaven. Now the lords of the Philistines, verse 23, gathered together to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon their God and to rejoice. And they said, our God has delivered into our hands Samson, our enemy. What this is a picture of, church, is when you fall so far, when you become so bound by sin in your life, you will hear demons. You will hear the voice of the enemy saying, we've got you. You've gone too far. And he will mock you. And he will ridicule you. This has happened to me, church. He will say, it's over. You're a failure. God doesn't love you. You've angered him too much. Look at your situation. Your eyes have been removed. You are in bondage to your sin. You are a slave to your sin. You've gone too far. But yet the enemy doesn't know. The hair is growing back. The strength is coming back. You are never too far gone. No matter how fierce of a show the enemy will put before you, they bring Samson, they mock him, they purposely bring him forward uh, to, uh, towards all the Philistine people to mock him. Look at this man who once was a man of God. He once was strong. He once was mighty. But now we've got him. Now he's ruined. Amen? And they will mock him and they will make you feel like it's over, like it's hopeless. When the people saw him, they praised their false God and said, Our God has delivered into our hands our enemy, the destroyer of our land and the one who multiplied our dead. And so it happened when their hearts were merry that they said, Call for Samson that he may perform for us. 
So they called for Samson from the prison and performed, and he performed for them. And they stationed him between two pillars. And Samson said to the lad who held him by the hand, Let me feel the pillars which support this temple so that I can lean on them. Now the temple was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there. About 3,000 men and women on the roof <clears throat> watching while, while Samson performed. <clears throat> and then Samson called out to the Lord saying, O oh Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray. Just this once, O oh God, I may be the one, with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars which supported the temple and he braced himself against them one on his right hand, the other on his left. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all his might. And the temple fell on the lords and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he had killed in his life. Samson cried out to God. He had no other option. He knew he failed. He knew he made mistakes. But he knew it wasn't over. He knew there was still hope, church. He knew that. He could feel the hair starting to poke through again. And he knew that God would be merciful to him. A sinful, wicked man who started strong but made some mistakes. And he cries out. And the Bible tells us that great victory over the enemy came because of this last cry in Samson's life. Amen? I remember, uh, I remember I, when I was a boy, I'd say, well, Dad, like, is Samson in heaven? Is, is Samson in heaven? Like, it, did, did he not take his own life? Like, he failed God, and then, and then he pushed these pillars down, and then he got crushed. Like, is he in heaven with, with God? And, and my dad led me to this scripture in Hebrews 11. This is when I was a boy. I now know that he, where he is. But turn with me. Just look at Hebrews 11 in regards to Samson. Verse 32. Hebrews 11 is about all these great men and women of God who were failures as well, right? But, but they had faith. God heard their cry and they had faith. And so God gives them a book in his word about them and, and their faith in him. Not, not their faith in themselves, but their faith in the Lord. Verse 32 says, And what more shall I say, the writer says, For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and who? And Samson. And who's, what's the, last, the next name? Jephthah. Also of David and Samuel and the prophets. Who through faith, so, so Samson through faith, subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the fi- violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, and what's it say there? out of weakness were made strong. And then it says, and became valiant in battle. So, so it says here in Hebrews that God is pleased with Samson. He was a man of faith. He was a man of faith because in one last cry, he believed God. And because of that one last cry, he was weak, but then he was made strong. Maybe you're feeling weak because of failure in your life. One cry will make you strong. I said one cry will make you strong. Amen? It's never hopeless. It's never too far. Cry number three. Turn with me to Luke 18, please. 
Luke 18, verse 35. The third cry I want to look at. <clears throat> Why does my throat got to become tickly when I'm preaching, man? <clears throat> Luke 18, verse 35. <clears throat> this is the cry for healing. As we live our Christian lives, we will come to a place where, just like Samson did, we learned, we, we fail God. And so we cry out to him, and he gives us mercy every morning. Amen? And, 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 he, and he hears our cry for strength, and he, and he strengthens us. Along the journey as well, as, as men and women of God, we find ourselves, we, we need healing. We need physical healing. We get sick. We get, we get ailments. We, we, we find ourselves in the hospital. Amen? We get sick physically. Maybe we need healing mentally. Our, our mind is just a battlefield. We need God to come and hear the, the cry of our heart to heal our minds, our thoughts. It's, it's, it's destroying me, Lord. We need emotional, mental, spiritual, and physical healing at times. Are you with me? We're not some superhero Christians. There is one. His name was Jesus. You're not him and I'm not him. Jesus said in this world, you're going to have trouble. But be of good cheer because I've overcome. So, so keep your eyes on him. And, and when you need healing, cry out to him for healing. Amen? I believe it. It's in the Bible, right? We can be healed. He healed us. He's a, he's a, he's a doctor. He's a great physician. He is, he is good and he's our healer. Verse 35. <clears throat> then, it, <clears throat> excuse me, then it happened as he was coming. I got to put gum in my mouth. I'm putting gum. Don't tell Pastor Dale. Gum is in the mouth. I need it. <laughs> Give me, I have to. Give me a second to chew. <clears throat> this is recording. <clears throat> Lord, heal me. <laughs> Verse 35, Luke 18. And then it happened as he was coming near Jericho, speaking of Jesus, that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. And hearing a multitude passing by, the blind man asked what, what was going on. What did it mean? And so they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And the blind man cried out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He can't see nothing. He's sitting there helpless. He's blind. But he hears verbally that Jesus is coming. And inside his heart, he knows Jesus is not just some guy. Jesus is God. Jesus is healer. Jesus is strong and mighty. So he can't see, but he's lying there. So he cries out, the Bible says, Jesus, be merciful to me. Verse 39, then he, then those who went before warned him that he should be quiet. Shut up. You look like a fool. You're disturbing everyone's peace. You're sitting there. You, you can't see anything anyway. So why are you crying out? Just sit there and keep begging. But do it quietly. That's what they said. Be quiet. But he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. <clears throat> so Jesus stood still. <clears throat> And he commanded him to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him, What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. 
Maybe you need physical healing. Jesus will heal you. Jesus can heal you. Amen? The scripture teaches us this, that he is our healer. We, we believe that. And then we wonder sometimes, well, we're not healed. And, and we don't have questions. And then you'll hear some people say, you didn't have enough faith. I don't believe that. Maybe it's not the will of God that you're healed. Amen? Lazarus, when he got sick, Jesus says, this, this, is not, this isn't unto death. This is so that I can receive glory. Maybe God wants to be glorified in your ailment. I don't know, but Jesus knows. But why not cry out? Amen? For healing. So this man, he's told to shut up. Be quiet. And he says, no, 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 no. This is my opportunity here. Jesus is before me. So he cries out all the more and is healed by Jesus because his faith, his cry of faith out to Jesus made him whole. Amen? The cry to Jesus for healing the cry for salvation, we need to be saved. The cry for strength when we are weak because of failure. The cry out to Jesus for healing when we are sick in, in our body, in our mind, in our spirit. We cry out to Jesus. And cry number four is a cry for faith. A cry for faith. And this is so crucial because you may be hearing what I'm saying this morning and you're like, you're like, I just can't believe it. I just, I don't know if I believe all this stuff. What I'm giving you is truth, amen? What I'm giving you is absolute truth. It's the Bible. It's, it's God's word for, for mankind. It's true. But the enemy loves to speak to us. We hear the word of God. And he says, he, he says lies. He's the father of all lies, the Bible teaches. And, and so when, when you hear that we can cry out to God to be saved, the enemy will certainly whisper, you can't be saved. You're not good enough. He, am I right? He will say that to you. You will hear that. You will feel that. You will feel you're not worthy enough to cry out to be saved. Or maybe, maybe you're feeling weak. Maybe you're feeling so, so weak and tired. You can't go on. You, you failed God like Samson too much. And you will hear the enemy say, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's hopeless. There's no hope. But you can cry out to God. And then, and then maybe you need the healing, but you believe it can't happen to you. Well, this is where we need to, to cry out to the Lord, God, help me. I want to believe. I want to have faith. I don't want to doubt you, Lord. I don't want to doubt you because of past experiences. I don't want to doubt you because of my feelings or because of my circumstances or because of anything. I want to believe you. I want to believe that you know what's best for me. I want to believe that you are my God, that you are with me, that you will strengthen me, that you will walk with me, that you are my good shepherd who goes before me to lead me to in, in, in the way I'm to go. I want to believe this, but I'm struggling to believe this. And so we read now about the cry of faith to help me, help me to believe all of this. Because the reality is, church, if we don't believe in any of this that we're hearing is true, then our cry is powerless. If we don't believe that Jesus loves us, then, then, then our cry of faith, it's powerless. It needs to be mixed with faith in what God's word says. It says that, I believe it's in Hebrews, that we need to take the word of God and it needs to be mixed with faith. And when you have that mixture, there's great power for you and for me available. Amen? So turn with me to Mark chapter 9. 
Verse 14. And when Jesus came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to Jesus, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? And one of the crowd answered, one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth. He gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. And so Jesus asked his father, how long has he been, has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And so Jesus says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. You see, Lord, I believe. I believe in everything I'm hearing. I believe in everything that you say who you are to be. I believe it. But there's part of me that still, there's, there's this unbelief. There's this uncertainty. There's this doubt. There's this fear. There's these questions. Amen? I wrestle with these myself. So the Father says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. And the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly and came out of him. And he came as one dead, so that many said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. Amen? But this sincere man, this sincere man, his son is being afflicted by the enemy. And he does not know what to do. And his faith is being torn. He, he, he's struggling with doubt and fear of, of, is there hope for my situation? And Jesus says, if you believe, all things are possible. And the man cries out, Lord, I believe, but there's some unbelief I need your help with. I need your help, Lord. I'm struggling to believe. And in the mercy of Jesus, he healed the boy and delivered the boy and set him free and set the father free from this torment he was struggling with from, from the, his boy being just a young child. Amen? And he sincerely prayed, Lord, help me. I'm struggling here. And Jesus helped him. I want to close with Psalm 18. Musicians, you can come as I read some final scripture here. Psalm 18. And we'll start at verse 1. This is a Psalm of David that he writes after he's delivered from the hand of Saul. Saul's trying to kill David. Saul's jealous, and, 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 and David finds himself running for his life. And so David, when, when the Lord sets him free, David writes this. This is easy to write when you're set free, amen? What we're going to read here, it's easy to write this and to sing this song to the Lord when, when, when God's been good and set you free. He says, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. 
my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who's worthy to be praised. And so shall I be saved from my enemies. He says, listen, the reason I can sing this song is because this, the pangs of death, they surrounded me. The floods of ungodliness made me so afraid. The sorrows of hell surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. But in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. And he heard my voice from his temple. And my cry came before him, even to his ears. Verse 16. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy. The enemy that I I thought was too strong for me. God heard my cry. He came from heaven and and He drew me out of many waters. Delivered me from my strong enemy. From those who hated me. From they, for they were too strong for me. I couldn't do it on my own. They confronted me in the day of my calamity. But the Lord was my support. He also brought me into a broad place. Listen to this last verse, this last line. He delivered me because He delighted in me. If there's one thing, church, that you get from this message, one thing at all, God delights in you. He delights in you. He loves you so much. David was surrounded by the pangs of death. David was running for his life. He felt, literally, he says, he felt like hell was consuming him. But he cried out to God, and God heard his cry. And he moved on David's behalf from heaven because he delighted in David doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter. Maybe it's your own fault because of where you are right now. Maybe it's your own wrongdoings that have put you in the place where you are right now. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. God is greater. God is stronger. It doesn't matter how you failed God. There's been times in my Christian life as a man of God, as a husband of God, as a father of God, where I have failed the Lord. I have failed Him with things that I knew I shouldn't do, but I did them. I failed the Lord. And in that moment, I heard the enemy. As David said, I felt like hell was all around me. Matt, you failed God. You're a phony. You're a hypocrite. And great condemnation would consume my mind. Great fear that I had lost my salvation would consume my days as I'm trying to work. I felt like it was over. But I've simply said, no, I'm believing what the Bible says. I will not go by what I'm feeling. I cannot go. I cannot live my life. I can't go through this day living by what I feel. It's not true. It's not, it's not true. It's, it's, it's a lie. And so I would cry out, driving out to work, numerous mornings, 
Oh, God, strengthen me, Lord. I feel I can't even do my job today, Lord. I'm driving to work on the country roads and it's dark and it's, it's snowing and the roads are icy and I'm, and I'm feeling inside of me so bombarded by all these feelings. So what do I do? Do I give in? I say, no, God, I'm crying out to you. You know my heart, Lord. God knows your heart, friend. He knows. He knew the heart of the man, the Pharisee. The man's heart was filthy. Jesus said, your heart, your, your lips worship me, but your heart is far from me. God is not interested in people coming to church and looking so righteous. God is not interested in that church. He doesn't care how nice your suit is. He doesn't care how much you can sing loud and worship more than anyone else. He's not concerned about that. He's not at all. He's concerned about our hearts. Does your heart cry and long for God? My heart cries for God. It's all I know. I get so tired of life. I get so physically tired of going to work every morning so early and working such long days and, 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 and battling my, the thing, my responsibility at my job, knowing that I have responsibility when I go home to be a dad and to be a husband, knowing I just feel so like I can't do it. How many of you are with me? Life becomes so hard. Life becomes so overwhelming. It's all I know. I don't know any other option other than say, Lord, I cry out and I need you. I need you so desperately, Lord. I can't do it without you. I can do nothing. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. I absolutely believe that. Because I've tried in my own strength to do things. And I've only ended up failing. Don't try to please God in your own strength, in your own abilities. You will not be justified. But cry out and say, God, I'm weak. God, I'm so weak. I'm so tired. He already knows your heart. He already knows what you're feeling. So tell him. He's saying, why are you trying to cover up how you're feeling? I am your God. I love you. I already know how you feel, so tell me. Let some tears flow and tell me so I can heal you, so I can strengthen you, so I can save your life from sin and hell and destruction. It's the God who He is. Amen. Thanks for joining me on the front line. Contact me at standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. Standing on the front line at gmail.com. Share this podcast with your family and friends. Look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, keep standing, keep fighting for the glory of God. <laughs>